0: Coming up on Harvard Channel this week in health, an emergency within an emergency.
1: They come to Greece, they leave war, they try to reach safety. They're stuck in a country that cannot satisfy their, and secure their basic rights.
0: A new report details an epidemic of abuse and sexual exploitation among refugees in Greece. Plus, Roma Rights, the new push to address centuries of racism and discrimination. welcome to Harvard Chan This Week in Health. It's Thursday, April 27th, 2017. I'm Noah Levitt.
2: And I'm Amy Montemiro. This week, we'll be bringing you two human rights stories that have rarely been covered in the United States.
0: First, we'll be examining a disturbing epidemic of child abuse and sexual exploitation among refugees in Greece.
2: And then later in the episode, a new push to address centuries of discrimination targeting millions of Roma, a multinational ethnic group who have lived nomadically across Europe.
0: But we begin in Greece where tens of thousands of refugees from the Middle East and Africa remain in migratory limbo in refugee camps, but also scattered in cities and even rural communities. They've escaped conflicts in Syria, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Eritrea, and Somalia, but now they're unable to enter other countries in Europe.
2: A third of those refugees are children. And a new report from the FXB Center for Health and Human Rights at the Harvard Chan School finds that youth are the victims of widespread sexual exploitation and abuse. Some of the victims have been as young as 11. The report was
0: authored by Jackie Baba, director of research at the FXB Center, and Vasily Dijidiki, a research fellow. They spent time in Greece uncovering human rights abuses.
2: And according to Dijidiki, the roots of the situation dates back to 2015, when an influx of approximately a million refugees and migrants headed north from the Middle East and Africa.
0: Tens of thousands arrived in Greece, but are now unable to leave because the borders to neighboring countries have been blocked
1: a series of regional political developments in Europe stranded people for more than a year in Greece and now they're not able to leave Greece to go further to the countries of central and northern Europe so for a year now they are forced to stay under very perilous living conditions without having uh, adequate housing uh, without having uh, privacy or separation from the adult population within uh, the camps, uh, they uh, they face a series of uh, problems with uh, the 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 main of which is the exposure to violence. And we talk about of cases of physical violence, such as um, uh, violent outbreaks inside the camps. We talk about cases of sexual abuse, of psychological abuse. We noticed cases of uh, child marriage. And uh, we also noticed uh, cases of uh, commercial sexual exploitation of uh, migrant children, which is an epidemic right now in Greece.
0: The results is Dijidiki in Baba is one of the worst humanitarian crises since the Second World War.
2: The situation for children, many of whom are unaccompanied, is particularly perilous. Because borders are closed, these children and their families often turn to smugglers who charge exorbitant prices to ferry them to other countries. And in turn, many children
0: turn to sex work to pay for smugglers. But to put their plight in perspective, a smuggler will often charge thousands of euros, but the report found that the average price of a sexual transaction with a child is only about 15 euros. Digidiki calls what's happening an emergency within an emergency.
1: They come to Greece, they leave war, they try to reach safety, they stuck in a country that cannot satisfy and secure their basic rights. And now they have to face uh, very basic violations of human rights and suddenly they need to find ways to continue in lack of legal migration options. So because of that reason they try to find uh, resources to continue the journey and one of the ways to gain financial resources is to engage in illegal, dangerous, very dangerous ways, such as the survival sex or the commercial sexual exploitation.
0: The researchers say the situation in Greece highlights the challenges that many countries face with integrating refugees, especially children, into their countries.
2: One of the key questions Digidiki and Baba want to look at going forward is whether similar cases of exploitation and abuse are being seen in other countries where large numbers of refugees are stuck in limbo. Adding to the difficulty, is that it's incredibly hard to quantify how severe the problem is.
0: Victims of sexual abuse or exploitation often don't want to report crimes for fear of reprisal because many times they're living near or even with their abusers. Oftentimes these victims feel there is no support system in place to help them.
2: And unfortunately, there are no easy solutions to prevent this cycle of abuse and exploitation until it becomes easier for refugees and migrants to permanently settle in Europe.
0: What can be done, says Didjidiki, is ensure that there is a strong support system in place, especially when it comes to shelters for children.
1: Uh, we call them third-line facilities, which are community-based shelters, where people can stay within the community and start interacting with the local population and have a normal life. Uh, secondly, we need, because of course we have to separate the efforts to the efforts before the, uh, the sexual violence and then respond to the sexual violence. So right now we have a huge gap in uh, sexual abuse services and uh, 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 huge gaps in cooperation coordination between different actors to help these children heal so I think that we need to focus on that also find appropriate place and shelters for these children so they can leave uh, from the camps and they can stay among other children and second of all to have uh, trained people to help them heal from the trauma of the war from the trauma of migration and from the trauma of exposure to violence
0: what's happening in Greece is a consequence of protracted stays for refugees says Baba
2: The average refugee will be stuck in limbo for a decade. But as we mentioned earlier, many are not even in camps. They may be in cities or in temporary shelters or even homeless.
0: And Baba says the world must rethink how it responds to those in need by addressing critical issues such as schooling and healthcare.
3: So you're talking about this is not like three months as a displaced person after World War II. This is a completely different situation. Secondly, our whole model of thinking about humanitarian and refugee kind of migration um, has been kind of built around a notion of camps that you know refugees are in camps or they move very quickly but actually these refugees are I think 60 70 percent are not in camps the vast majority I mean even maybe more than that we could check the figure are not in camps they're in cities So they're living without proper provision, you know, uh, and so how does this affect the infrastructure? How does it affect the local population? How does it affect schools? How does it affect housing? So I think that's another thing. And thirdly, um, more and more and more of this responsibility or burden, of course, is being shouldered by countries that are really poor, that are really overcrowded, and that are really struggling with inadequate humanitarian uh, aid. So you have a kind of growing inequality in provision. You know, for the cost of processing one case In a Western country, it's that budget will cover like a thousand people in a camp inadequately. So we really have to think about, as Vasula said, we have to think about relocation, which is within Europe. We have to think about resettlement, which is in the world. But we also have to think about making it possible for refugees to be self-sufficient and self-reliant and integrated, given that the prospects of returning how many times soon are remote. So I think these are all, in a way, very different frameworks from when the Refugee Convention was first uh, drafted. And even, you know, if you think about the early period of, of refugee protection, you know, people fleeing the Cold War in Russia or people fleeing from Cuba, very different situations.
0: If you'd like to read the full report on the situation in Greece, you can visit our website, hsph.me slash Health.
2: And Noah, now we'll be turning to another human rights issue, one that has been lingering in Europe for centuries.
0: Jackie Baba, who you just heard from a moment ago, recently co-authored a book called Realizing Roma Rights. Along with co-authors Margareta Matash and Andre Mirga, Baba investigates anti-Roma racism and documents a growing Roma-led political movement engaged in building a more inclusive Europe. I spoke to Baba about the book, and I began our conversation by asking her to explain just who the Roma people are.
3: The Roma people are multinational population, s- numbering between 10 and 12 million, uh, who have originally moved in the 7th century, uh, it is said, from northern India towards the Middle East and then towards Europe, but who are now um, mainly resident within uh, within Europe. Uh, And they are a community that for centuries has suffered from very extreme forms of of stigma and discrimination initially uh, because they were outsiders and initially darker skinned, But now it's a kind of vicious circle of endemic uh, racism that they've experienced. And so I would say they are a community previously often referred to as gypsies, um, or Zigan, um uh, a community that um, is, of, of the kind of European communities, the most stigmatized. And one of the things that is remarkable is that even though we have in Europe a very robust human rights regime which prohibits discrimination as a matter of law, but also as a matter of kind of culture, it's not acceptable really to make racist comments generally, with some exceptions, uh, the Roma are somehow outside that. And it's it's often considered fine for people to typecast the whole community as being criminals or as being beggars or thieves. So there is an enormously negative stereotype about Roma. Um, and this stereotype really permeates Roma life so the reason why uh, you know the FXB Center for Health and Human Rights at Harvard an American research Center focuses on the Roma is because we think of the Roma as an egregious outstanding example of discrimination and racism within one of the richest parts of the world.
0: What has driven this discrimination and kind of what forms has that discrimination taken historically?
3: Just like with many other communities not every Roma looks like you're stereotypical image or idea of a Roma. Um, so, but that Roma are a community that are that have traditions and that have their own sense of belonging. M- many Roma speak uh, Romanes, which is a language, and so there is suspicion, there is hostility, and the vicious circle, of course, is that because of a sense of of exclusion and real hatred from host communities, Roma have historically been denied opportunities to. To work, children have been discriminated in school. Um, they've not been allowed to live where other communities live, and so um, they are m- many, not all, but many Roma are very severely impoverished. And so this is a, then a kind of self-perpetuating situation where they're exposed to violence, to hatred, to you know discrimination from jobs, and so the only work that they can get then is kind of self-employed, very low-level work. Uh, which means that the community is very, very poorly, you know, um, resourced. The, I guess, the most egregious forms of discrimination against Roma are two. Firstly, slavery. So, slavery of Roma in some parts of Eastern Europe was only eliminated, um, you know, in the in the middle or late nineteenth century. So, it's still relative, much more recent than in other parts of the world. Um, and then, you know. I guess one of the most egregious human rights violations the world's ever seen, which was the Holocaust. Roma were targeted just like other groups were, and hundreds of thousands of Roma lost their lives, something which has not been really adequately recorded or memorialized. So, um, and then to this day, Roma continue to experience discrimination. So, for example, we have been working with um, colleagues in France on problems that. The Roma community faces vis-à-vis evictions, uh, which are a recurrent problem in suburbs outside Paris. So the police come and want to clear the areas where they're living and force people to to move on. And so there's this recurrent cycle of of homelessness and encampment and exclusion from a real place of safety or residence.
0: It's, it's interesting is hearing you hearing you talk, because it seems like if we think like in the U.S. there are a lot of parallels between African American slavery and institutional and structural racism you know, throughout the 19th and 20th century and even continuing today. Are are there any lessons to be learned regarding the Roma by what's happened in the U.S., although we haven't solved everything, but are there any lessons to be learned from that?
3: That's a great question. And in fact, that was the question that motivated the book that we're just bringing out, which is called Realizing Roma Rights one of the big questions was what can the Roma rights movement learn in a way from the civil rights movement in the US? As you say, by no means all the problems have been solved, but at least there have been some big strides in terms of desegregation and integration and real proscription of, proscription as in prohibition of of, uh, sort of institutionalized racism. So what can we learn? And in fact, Roma leadership some time ago approached the um, legal and other leadership of the NAACP with precisely that question. Um, And I think the answer is twofold. Firstly, um, the situations are different. In America, until Brown versus Board of Education, it was actually lawful to s- segregate. It was, there was nothing illegal about having black schools and white schools. There's nothing illegal about preventing black kids from going to one school um, or from living in a neighborhood. It was it was it was perfectly consistent with uh, with the interpretation of the U.S. Constitution. Uh, whereas in Europe. Um, this is not it's it, it, so it took brown v board to to reverse that and to make this uh unconstitutional but in europe it is already unconstitutional so a legal victory is not actually going to change the normative framework because that normative framework's already in place that's one difference um the second difference i think though is more if you like um to do with the community, which is that the African-American community, the civil rights movement, really did manage to galvanize over time a very powerful civil society movement, obviously extremely powerful and charismatic and brilliant leadership, you know, and so there was, uh, and, and then, you know, all the marches and all the kind of civil unrest and civil disobedience um, that led, in a way, to a, a successful challenge of of, um, of kind of the racial divisions in the U.S. So that has not really occurred in the Roma mu- movement. And I think that many reasons for that. One, of course, is that the community is very scattered and that unlike, I mean, so it's not in one country. It doesn't always have one language. It doesn't even share a religion. So even though people who are Roma have a very strong sense of being Roma and they share a culture and many of them do have a sense of a Roma language, it's a more complex political proposition to build a unified movement and I think one of the main points that our book makes is that really that is at the end of the day the only way that you know redistributive justice is going to take place it's going to take more effective Roma organizing to you know to make sure that the community votes that the community participates that the community is elected to power Um, these are still goals which are somewhat remote
0: That was my conversation with Jackie Baba on Roma rights.
2: And she says that one of the main goals of the Roma rights movement is to mainstream how we think about stigma and discrimination, especially amid a rising tide of xenophobia and anti-immigration sentiment in Europe and the U.S.
0: Because of this is a growing push among the Roma to integrate with other minorities or marginalized groups in order to mobilize politically.
2: But speaking out and becoming politically active is difficult, especially when the Roma are worried about being evicted or harassed.
0: Baba says that one strategy being used by the Roma is to create institutions that highlight their unique culture, such as art, in order to make their history more visible. There is also a growing push to memorialize the injustices faced by the Roma, and there has even been discussion of reparations for human rights violations.
2: If you want to learn more about the FXB Center's work on Roma rights, you can visit our website, hsph.me thisweekinhealth.
0: Coming up next week, we'll be examining structural racism in the United States. What is it, and how does it affect health? That will be the focus of our conversation with a Harvard Chan alum who's now working for the New York City Department of Mental Health and Hygiene.
2: In the meantime, you can only subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, or listen at any time at soundcloud.com slash harvardpublichealth.